0: It's Museo de Jesse Robredo podcast. I'm Joanne. Our discussion is edited version of Katalingkasan Ruminations on Independence and Philippine Revolution in Bicol. This part 2 discussion titled The Philippine Revolution in Albay and Ambos Camarines. You can watch the whole video in our FB page and YouTube channel. Our speaker is Mr. Javier Leonardo V. Rugeria, Professor in the Department of History, UP Diliman.
1: Morning to everyone. It's nice to be back here at the NHGP ni Jesse Robredo. So for my part, I'll be talking about the Philippine Revolution in Albay and Ambos Camarines. And in, in particular, uh, in more particular, I'd like to uh, talk more about the specifics of the revolution, although this will just be a very cursory survey uh, in the interest of brevity. And I'd also like to uh, discuss the responses of the Bicolanos to Aguinaldo's central revolutionary government. Did they accept it or did they reject it? So this will be a very brief presentation. So I'd like to be deductive in my approach instead of uh, delving onto too much details. And um, I'd like to present the narrative by lodging it against the revolutionary government of Aguinaldo for one and for another against the existing literature on the revolution. So not just the revolution in Bicol, but also the revolution in the Philippines. I'd like to begin my uh, presentation for today with a, with a picture of uh, Aguinaldo and his cohorts, who, by the way, agreed to surrender to the Spaniards in late 1897. So if you would remember your Philippine history lesson, your Kasaysayan 1 uh, lesson, it's actually the Pact of Biak na which was signed on December 14 by uh, Primo de Rivera on behalf of the Spaniards, and Pedro Paterno on behalf of Aguinaldo's uh, government. So among the terms of the agreement was uh, the the departure of the revolutionaries from the Philippines to Hong Kong. If you will remember, Aguinaldo and his uh, cohorts, they went to Suwal in Pangasinan. So they departed via the Lingayan Gulf to Hong Kong, where they stayed for uh, a few months before eventually jumping the gun Uh, joining the Americans in their war against the Spaniards in the summer or in May uh, 1898. So I'd like to begin with this because this will serve as our context for my presentation. So the first argument that I'd like to forward, that uh, I'd like us to take away at the end of uh, the presentation, is that the revolution did not uh, end when Emilio Aguinaldo left for Hong Kong in December, 1898. The traditional historians have it that when Aguinaldo left for Hong Kong, the revolution already stopped and the fighting against uh, the Spaniards had already ceased for months. And the other myth that had been, um, that we had been accustomed to, uh, to learning in school is that the Filipinos were only roused into action only when Aguinaldo returned in uh, May of 1898. But that's not actually true, because there are several counterpoints in our history that would show us that uh, the fighting did not end, or the revolution against Spain did not actually end. So there are four, I was able to identify uh, four counterpoints to the argument that the revolution ended when Aguinaldo left. So we will see here the importance of local history in correcting the sweeping generalizations of uh, the national or nationalist historians, which they, of course, forwarded in the 50s, even in the 60s or 70s. And um, I identified these examples. So the first one, of course, was the uprising of the principalias and then the urban empleados in Cebu. April 98, so you will be able to uh, find that in Michael Collinane's Arenas of Conspiracy and Rebellion. We also have here the example of Francisco Macabulos of Tarlac, Tarlaceno itong si Macabulos, and he even um, established an executive committee in the absence of Aguinaldo's government, until of course Aguinaldo returned and established his dictatorial government in May 1898. We also find here the example of uh, the uprisings in Panay. You have the Comite Central Revolucionario de Visayas in right? March 1898. Of course, this was the precursor to what will eventually become the Cantonal Government or the Republic of Negros. It's, it's, it's the precursor to that. But for the purposes of our discussion this morning, I'd like to talk about the diet Uprising. So I'd like to present a narrative of this uprising Uh, Father Francis already mentioned uh, portions of it, but I'd like us to uh, discuss some other details and, of course, the result of that uprising from April 14 to 1889. Now, as you can surmise, this uprising was short-lived. By November 1897, and with apparently uh, Aguinaldo approving, Vicente Lupan, the gentleman you see to your right, took steps to extend the insurrection in Bicol with his connection and communication with Ildefonso Moreno. Now, Lupan entrusted Moreno the leadership of the unit of the Katipunan in the province of, sorry, this is supposed to be Ambos Camarines. No? They were not yet, the, the two Camarineses were not yet separated in 1898, they were reunited. Um, so, it's camarinas in the to side. Caviado maintained a different account from that of Fray Martín Gómez. Kanina na ni Father Francis, na nahirapan si Ildefonso Moreno to convince people in Camarines Norte to join his cause, to join his revolutionary cause against the Spaniards. Caviado maintains otherwise. He said in, in his book, uh, The Philippine Revolution in the Bicol region. That the sincerity and persistence with which he performed his patriotic task gained him hundreds of followers to the cause. So, the followers included the prominent Filipinos, Itaet, members of the Principalia, uh, employees of the Court of First Instance. So, mga anore nito, ano, mga empleados much like uh, the empleados in Cebu, who revolted in Cebu in the same month in 1898. And there were also 15 native soldiers of the civil guards or the Guardia Civil who joined the cause of Ildefonso Moreno. Now, in uh, reconstructing this narrative, I consulted mainly Ataviado and Fray Martin Gomez's account. And as I mentioned, there are portions where they will vary in terms of their opinion and in terms of their perspective when it comes to the date uprising. You will see there that Ataviado is more, um, shall I say, neutral, whereas we know the leanings of Fray Martin Gomez because he was imprisoned. Uh, of course, he was very much prejudicial of the uprising or against the uprising, etc. So the Spaniards in Daet, on the other hand, was led by uh, Lieutenant Maximiliano Correa and was joined by civil functionaries, civil guards, peninsulars, and take note, several native allies as well. So they took refuge in in a house of a Spanish merchant uh, named Senor Arana, or Aranya, And then um, a few a few moments after the uprising started, uh, there were also reinforcements from Neva Cáceres. I mentioned here that a 1958 account by Jacinto A. Ursúa, Um, on Elias Angeles and Felix Plazo, mentioned that they were among the Guardia Civil who were sent to Daet to quell the uprising that was um, led by Ildefonso Moreno. But I have yet to access this account and uh, see it for myself. And so I was asking uh, yesterday, our our resident librarian, Ms. Erica Corpus, she's uh, looking for a copy of this 1958 account. And I believe it was published by uh, the Cecilio Press. So if you have any uh, copy of that, you're very much welcome to share it with us. Okay. So the uprising was short lived, as I mentioned, and it only lasted for four days. Now, the results included the death of the leaders of the Katipunan in Camarines Norte. Among them were uh, Ildefonso Moreno, you have Telesforos Altua, Domingo Lozada. Jose Abano and Gavino Saavedra, among others. They were the leaders of the Katipunan. And I believe the NHCP installed a marker in commemoration of uh, the uprising in diet. I I have yet to visit that, but I have been seeing pictures online uh, on Facebook and uh, the PIO of Camarimis Norte, I think they posted about it uh, every April. And then, of course, uh, the Katipunan unit in Camarines Norte was dissolved because, of course, the leaders were killed in in the four-day uprising, and therefore, uh, it was quelled. It was uh, already ended on April 18, 1898. So, the second argument that I'd like to forward for this morning is that the revolutionaries in Albay and Ambos Camarines, took over the respective provinces in 1898, and they accepted Aguinaldo's uh, leadership and declared their adhesion to his revolutionary government. Now recently, because of uh, the Independence Day commemoration this year, I had this uh, renewed appreciation for how Aguinaldo's government uh, legitimized his leadership in the revolution, how he was able to seize leadership or regain control of the revolution upon his return on May 19, 1898. Because if you will remember, Aguinaldo abandoned the revolution. He repudiated the, the cause of the Katipunan. And he distanced himself from any movement in the Philippines uh, to, to honor the act of Biak Tapato. But I'd like us to see here that Aguinaldo, when he returned to the Philippines, he wrested control. He seized the leadership of the Katipunan, or the revolution, should I say. And I'm very interested as to how uh, the Albayanos and the people of Camarines responded to the leadership of Aguinaldo. Many, many students of mine, past and present, they do not find legitimacy in Aguinaldo's uh, leadership and government. Because they argue that one, it's just the government of the oligarchs it disregards the the interests of the masses. For another, it's highly Tagalog centric. If you will examine the, the profiles of Aguinaldo's cohorts, they were, you know, from Cavite, from bulacan and the neighboring provinces, no, of of uh, of the Tagalog region. But I'd like us to to reflect on that, and I'd like to argue as well that. Aguinaldo legitimized his government, his leadership. So, in this case, I'd like I'd like us to see how the people of Albay and Camarines responded to uh, the revolutionary government, and of course, to Aguinaldo's emissaries. No, like si Aguinaldo, na mga tao. I mentioned ni Father Francis kanina, uh Vicente Lupan was among the expeditions he sent to southern Luzon. I will mention that in detail later. So, by September 1898, let's go to Ambos Camarines first, particularly in Nueva Cáceres. The Spaniards in Camarines anticipated the expedition of Vicente Lupan, and therefore, they started preparing for their evacuation. And one of the first measures that uh, they, they did was to disarm the Guardia Civil, or the native soldiers in Nueva Cáceres, and they announced that they will be brought to Iloilo. Of course, this, this caused agitation among the Guardia Civil because they were fearing arrest, they were fearing execution, and they were fearing that um, they would be shot by, by the militiamen. So, sabi dito ni Elias Ataviado, he related, that uh, rumors began to spread that the disarmed soldiers of the Civil Guard would be shot by the militiamen. In the afternoon of September 18th, by the way, fiesta non. The governor of the province reviewed the militia and the volunteers and the civil guards interpreted this as a confirmation of the rumors. Dito papasok yung role nina na Elias Angeles at Felix Plaza. So if you're wondering, kung sino yung mga streets na yun, ano, yung 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 main thoroughfares na yun dito sa Naga, sila yon. sila yung mga corporal ng civil guard uh, dito sa Nueva Cáceres. And according to Ataviado. The corporals maintained that their only way out of that impending situation or fatal situation was a revolt, and they convinced all their comrades of the need of the step to save themselves from certain and imminent death. So they struck, I believe, on the next day, September nineteenth, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Again, fiesta no, I don't know, and dunsila sumalakay. So the result of that uh, revolt in Meva was the surrender of the Spaniards in Ambos Camarines. Vicente Zaidín, who was then the provincial governor, capitulated. And as a result, the establishment of uh, the provisional government of Ambos Camarines. So Elias Ángeles uh, and his cohorts established a provisional revolutionary government in Camarines. Let's now go to the case of Albay. So, in contrast to the uprising in Daen and the revolt in Nueva Cáceres, the transfer of the provincial government to the provisional revolutionary government in Albay was peaceful. It took place on September 22, 1898, just a few days after the revolution in Cáceres or Nueva Cáceres broke out. It was peaceful and uh, according to Norman Owen uh, in one of his essays, He said that the Spaniards, having heard of the surrender of Manila to the Americans, simply turned over the authority to a committee of leading members of the principalia. So Father Francis mentioned earlier that at first, the popular sentiment in Albay was the election of a secular priest to head uh, the said provisional government. And Father Victorino Peña, the parish priest of Albay, was nominated to become president. But of course, he declined because he said that he could not balance his ecclesiastical duties with his duties as president of the government. So he nominated instead, in his place, Don Anacleto Solano of Kamalik, and he was therefore appointed the president of Albay's provisional government. And the other members of the government included uh, Don Anacleto Solano, Ancieto Gomez Medel, Marcial Calieja, Mariano Goyena, and Patiano Imperial. Judging by their last names, of course, they were part of the Principalia families of Albay. So this provisional government on September 22, 1898, drafted a resolution. And the, res- the resolution read... Uh, assembled in the former capital of the same province, the reverend parish priests of the said capital and of the neighboring town of Legazpi in representation of the Filipino clergy of this province and the citizens who signed this document with the said priests in uh, representation of the towns in view of the depart departure of the Spanish authorities and functionaries of the parish priests pertaining to religious orders and of the majority of the Spanish colony, the said priests and the uh, representatives of the town, sorry, have voted unanimously to constitute a revolutionary junta subject to the central Republican government. To assume charge of the control of the province with the object of maintaining public order, therein so necessary in these critical times. And to turn over the said control to the representative of the constituted government of the Republic of the Philippines as soon as he arrives in this province. So we see in that resolution, uh, the adhesion of the provincial government. So they were just waiting for Lupan to arrive in Albay before they will transfer the leadership or the, the government to, to and then, Of course, later on, uh, Vito Bellarmino would also become the the military commander of Albay. He's also a general of Aguinaldo. And he, if I'm not mistaken, he was the one who led the political reorganization. And they held elections. And uh, I believe Norman Owen mentioned in his essay that it was um, Domingo Samson who was elected uh, governor of Albay. Domingo Samson was an Ilustrado and he was actually uh, returning from Spain. He studied in Spain in the 1890s. So, uh, the resolution also uh, designated the officials. Of course, you have the, the Provincial President Solano. Uh, the Vice President was Ancieto Gomez Medel. The Delegate of Justice was Senor Marcial Calleja. The Counselor of Finance was Senor Mariano Goyera. And uh, uh, the leader of the police or, or the um, Yeah, the the delegate for the police would be Senor Mariano Soriano, and secretary of the said junta was Senor Patiano Imperial. So uh, the resolution concluded with the following sentence. It said here that all the members of the provincial junta and all the members of the assembly in their respective representations spontaneously proclaimed their sincere adherence to the Republican government of the Philippines, all of them offering their lives and properties to the prosperity and progress of Filipinas, the Inang Bayan or the motherland. So we will see here um, how the provisional government of anbay uh, peacefully transferred the government to the military commander later in 1898. They also contributed money, a lot of money um, to the revolutionary cause, actually Alba yung isa sa mga yung contributions during the revolution. So on September uh, 28, 1898, the president, Anacleto Solano sent a message of adherence to Emilio Aguinaldo, president of the revolutionary government. It was brought to Malolos by a commission headed by Don Macario Samson. Uh, I'm very sure relative pa to ni, uh, Domingo uh, Samson, he was the Municipal Captain of Gamalik. Now, um, maybe this will be my uh, final points for the morning. Now, in July 1898, Aguinaldo appointed and sent General Vicente Lupin to southern Luzon, it includes bicol to occupy the provinces there and establish his revolutionary government. Now, when Lukpan arrived in Albay in November, Solano and the officials of the provincial government turned over the command of the province. So, Ayod, ah, at nga nila, yung sinulat nila sa resolution, September 22 resolution, and Lukpan uh, was in command of the province until November 22, 1898, until he was replaced by uh, General Vito Bellarmino. So si Lukman, afterwards, bumalik and sa Nueva Cáceres after his uh, brief stay in Albay. Elias Ataviad observes, or at least uh, he painted a clear and vivid picture of how the people of Albay received uh, Aguinaldo's government through, of course, the emissary he sent, General Lukban. So he observes, uh, number one, that the people of albay uh, received general Luquan and his subordinates enthusiastically in all the towns through which they passed in ligao there were two days of festivities the party being the guests of don ramon santos and in Kamalig, the part was uh, sorry the party supposed to be the party was met at the outskirts of the town by a parade it was even headed by a float and several uh, women on horsebacks or so, nakakabayo mga babae uh, dressed as Amazons. Ito yung kanilang welcome parade para kay, uh, para kay Vicente Lumpan saka sa mga samahin so, niya. So we see in these examples that um, they were welcomed enthusiastically, warmly by the people of Albay. Uh, hindi ko na na mention dito but uh, the same was the case in Nueva Cáceres. The reception was the same. And uh, Lukban was uh, welcomed there by the provisional leaders of uh, Camarines. So in the interest of brevity, yung Albay na lang yung minention ko, yung case study ng Albay. So, in summary of my presentation this morning, again, I'd like us to take away that uh, the revolution against Spain did not end when Aguinaldo left for Hong Kong in December 1898. It continued in several provinces of the Philippines. And again, this is where uh, the local histories will come in. And we will see that it is very important because local histories will give us the corrective measures. uh, It will correct the uh, the myths, the generalizations of national slash nationalist histories. Which was, of course, centered in Aguinaldo's government or in the Tagalog provinces. So, my invitation to our viewers and to our um, uh, followers in Saisai Bicol on Facebook is that we go back to our localities, we examine it, we see that, um, we will see, we will be surprised to see that uh, some generalizations, if not all, uh, are not necessarily true because we can present counterpoints or counter examples. Like the diet uprising, uh, we can of course use that in support of this argument. And of course, again, the second argument I presented this morning was that the revolutionaries in Albay and Ambosca Marines took over their respective provinces in 1898. They accepted Aguinaldo's leadership and declared their adhesion to the revolutionary government. We see that in the resolution that was uh, drafted by Anacleto Solano and the Provisional uh, provisional Government of Albay. We see that they readily welcomed the emissary that Aguinaldo sent and it was uh, the person of Vicente Lupan and later on uh, General Vito Bellartino. So that concludes my presentation for this morning. Again, uh, thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening. Let us know your thoughts about our podcast on social media. Use hashtag Make It a Story and don't forget to follow our podcast for new updates and other social media accounts of Mosea and Jesse Robredo. Have a great day and see you on the next episode.